Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Thank you so much for joining us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. Coming up this hour on our programs here at RTI, we'll have for you Book of Odes with Charlie Storer and also Status Update with John and Shirley. But first up today, here in Taiwan. Today is Tuesday, November 13th, and you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in the studio today we have Natalie So. Hello. Jake Chen. Hello. And uh, you don't know this, dear listener, but we've had a hard time getting today's program out already. I'm wondering if it's because it's Tuesday the 13th. Do you think that? <laughs> what does that anything? have to do anything? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not superstitious, and it's not Friday the 13th, but you never know. Maybe it's moved to Tuesdays. <laughs> Everybody beware. In today's program, we're going to tell you about all sorts of different topics. We're going to tell you about Kaohsiung Henge, which, as you may guess, sounds a little bit like Manhattan Henge or Stonehenge. What is that about? We'll tell you about that in a moment. Also, Netflix has some Taiwan-related TV shows. I knew about one of them, but I didn't know about the other one. So we're going to learn about a new show as well. And also the 11-11 shopping spree. Did you guys buy anything? Uh, not this time, no. No. I'm surprised, Jake. You're, <laughs> you're a good internet shopper. I, I would have thought you would have taken advantage of it. Well, we're going to be uh, hearing from Jake a little bit about um, the deliveries and the shopping spree online this year and complaints about packages being thrown oh no hopefully there weren't your anybody uh, that we know uh, their packages but uh we're gonna be talking about all that and more in today's here in taiwan don't go away All right, why don't we start off with this shopping spree? This is something that takes place on 11-11, November 11th. Um, does this have anything to do with Singles Day? It does. Right. One, 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 one. Okay. Yeah, four digits of one. Yeah, it means you're all just alone. So, so, so what, you stay at home and do like... <laughs> and then treat yourself with some you know, shopping, shopping it's online. It's just a, a commercialization, trying to make money. This right. is terrible, in, you know. In, in, uh, this is not a a thing even five years ago, right? No, well, it, we don't have our Black Friday, so right? That's yeah. Why. Well, that's true. So Black Friday is pegged to Thanksgiving in the United States. So if you shop on American websites, I won't name any. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we're all thinking of the same thing, right? right. Uh, if you <laughs> starting with the letter uh, <laughs> <laughs> may or may not have uh, the same first letter as my name, uh, so you. <laughs> You know, you you see huge sales, and it's the pre-Christmas rush. But uh, right. here in Taiwan, we don't have Thanksgiving. Um, however, I think actually Singles Day may have even originated in China, like Guangguanjie. It, it did. It did. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why it became a, a shopping day, though. <laughs> I think it was the combination of, of uh, the Singles Day being more and more popular and the rise of e-commerce in China. So, like you said, a bit more than five years ago, the uh, e-commerce giants, the Jingdongs and the Taobaos and the whole thing. And Alibaba. And and Alib- and... Yeah, they began to sort of commercialize the thing. And uh, this year, there's some staggering figures coming from the other side of the Taiwan Strait. Um 
over one trillion new Taiwan dollars or sixty-five, what thirty-six point five billion U.S. dollars worth of merchandises were bought. Wait, 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 what? Thirty-six billion U.S. dollars. Billion wow. U.S. dollars. So is that more than Black Friday? Well, yeah, it's actually a number of times that. Yes. Oh my goodness! Amazing. Can you imagine the purchasing power of Chinese people? That is incredible. I mean, and I'm assuming if you're buying from uh, these Chinese-based websites that you are... Getting a deal. Well, yeah, definitely that's, getting a deal. That's the whole, yeah. But you're point. definitely, you're likely to be living in China? Or does this include numbers from Taiwan as well? This includes uh, buyers from overseas as well. So from Taiwan too, yeah. And, and do they do this in English as well? Or is it the greater Chinese-speaking world? Um, I think the, the vast majority of e-commerce platforms have English versions nowadays, and more and more people from really? the Western world buy from it too. Oh, wow. yeah. mm. You shouldn't have said that, I Jake. I know that. Start oh, doing wow. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye uh, another website. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's funny because like with internet shopping, when I'm in America, I'm, I order way too much. Like I just, my thumb clicks too fast, especially with those one-click things, right? Oh, it's designed That's to make you do point. that. Oh, yeah. It's like binge-watching on Netflix. It's like... <laughs> right. You get like like lured in hook line and sinker, but in Taiwan I haven't really. I mean I read Chinese, but there's something about the size of the characters on those those shopping websites. Like they're maybe too small, or mm. I get lazy, so I haven't really gotten into that right so far. But you're saying there's English websites. That's really <laughs> terrible. I mean, great. <laughs> Depends on what you do with it. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so what do we got going on this year? Uh, clearly, people spent record. Uh, amounts of money buying um, products online. Right. What else do we know? Um, some interesting details. Uh, you know, some of them, some of the merchandises that were bought, over 60 million pairs of shoes. Um, 60 or 16? 66 million <laughs> pairs of shoes. Oh my gosh. Uh, 38 million liters of milk. For some reason, milk is really popular nowadays. To go with those shoes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't recommend using them at the same time. <laughs> right, or in the same way. Oh, I guess you could wear shoes while you're drinking your milk. That's yeah. okay. 1,600 tons of nuts are purchased. Uh-huh. Um, and, Very healthy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, health-conscious uh, merchandises are the new trend this year. Really? Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, mm. yeah, good stuff. Um, but uh, a lot of the, the buyers are from Taiwan. And um, uh, just uh, in related news, somebody has been complaining on Facebook about um, a short video that someone has recorded and posted is a uh, delivery shopper, uh, sorry, a delivery uh, staff member just throwing stuff on and off the truck, uh, the truck, the delivery truck. <laughs> um, personally, having uh, previously had a promising short career in the <laughs> delivery business myself. Really? This is unfortunately common practice among people who... Things I didn't know about you, Jake. Oh, so you mean right. they throw stuff around? They throw stuff around. Oh my yeah, onto and from the truck. I mean, this yeah. is what they do at airports with your baggage too, right? Right. Um, yeah. are, can we assume that our orders are packaged well enough to withstand a toss? Most of them, yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, one people see fragile uh, printed on the uh, the package. Oh. They do take it most of the time more seriously. Okay. Yeah. Don't because you don't want hard. that on your head. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a light toss rather than a lob. Okay. All right, good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I, I think we've seen videos as well in other countries of people throwing packages. Um, I, I have to imagine that they're overworked, especially on a day like uh, 11-11. Yeah. Uh, 
delivering packages. So they probably are under a lot of pressure to complete the deliveries in a very short period of time as well. Most definitely. When you were delivering, were, were, did you feel the pressure? Did you toss packages? <laughs> uh, I don't quite. Well, I, I did. You can uh, plead the fifth. You can say, I don't want to answer that if you don't want to. <laughs> right. I, I think I'm among the people who toss it once in a while. I, I wasn't careless, but yeah. you know, when they're big, uh, heavy objects, I, d I just don't probably have the patience at the end of the shift. Well, thanks to all the workers for their fine job this uh, this season. Um, I can only imagine that there's going to be a lot of deliveries into th through the end of the year and in the run-up to the Chinese New Year time. I think that's a huge delivery time here in Taiwan as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you won't get your package tossed, though. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix, uh, as we know, has created a series in Taiwan called, uh, is it a, a Taiwanese Tale of Two Cities? That's right. And that is actually already broadcasting. Right, and it's been very popular. And that's so. a co-op with uh, a collaboration with uh, uh, public television service, I believe. I think so, yeah. yeah. So it's about two women who switch places in San Francisco and Taiwan. It's like a like a home switch kind of thing, or um, I don't know exactly actually. Or is it Freaky Friday? I watched a little <laughs> bit and I didn't continue watching. It. Okay, wait, <laughs> it wasn't good enough. That didn't bode well. I don't you know. know. Um, anyway, um, I'm not the typical audience, you know. Oh, I see, I see. So it's it's geared towards uh, an I older audience, know. is what you're saying. <laughs> so anyway, um, that has done well, and Netflix. Um, a new trend for them is that they're going to be producing more series in Asia. Mm. Um, and they just recently announced 17 new series to be produced. 17? In Asia. Holy okay? cow. Okay. And um, they're also planning a major expansion into the Indian market Ooh. Okay, and not the Chinese market. So that's a proactive choice to move into India yes. instead of China. So right. putting their eggs in the India basket. That's right. Well, I think that there's a little bit of sense in that in terms of language, right? So if Netflix is a largely well, English, English sure. um, base... And um, they also moving to a lot India of would be a lot Bollywood, easier. You know, they have so many movies and stars, and, and I surely think they can do a lot over there. There's a lot of co-productions with China as well. China's become very savvy about working with Hollywood, so it might be actually easier to to work with um, India, or maybe more less expensive to work with India. Maybe you get a better deal. I think they also um, because China's not as open, so mm. that's partly the reason. So in terms of um, like copyright and kind of sharing of intellectual property and stuff like that, it might be easier to work with India. Definitely. Uh, yeah, okay. probably. And so there are a couple actually new Taiwanese um, series in the makings. One is called Triad Princess. This is going to be a Netflix original. And uh, it's a children's TV year. show. <laughs> it's actually about um, a daughter of a triad boss. Mm. And uh, here's what it's, it's about it says, Growing up in the shadow of her triad father, Angie craves an independent life of her own. Defying her father's wishes, she takes on a gig as an undercover bodyguard for a famous actress mm. at an agency where she must navigate the unfamiliar world of glitz, glamour, and even love. Wow. That's kind of interesting, huh? I would, I would probably watch that. It's a it pretty stars Eugenie Liu or Liu Siting. I don't know if you've heard of her, but uh, she's kind of famous. And also, they're going to do another uh, film, actually, kind of similar to Fresh Off the Boat. It's called Tiger Tail. Mm -hmm. And it's about the intergenerational experience of a Taiwanese family that moves to the U.S. Oh, wow. So that should be interesting. Directed by Alan Young. 
Mm-hmm. And um, Wait, they, Alan Young is also quite well known. Yeah, so um, they already started filming, and uh, I look forward to that. Excellent. Should be interesting. I'm just to, to let you know, um, Taiwanese Tale of Two Cities is uh, they're working with Taiwan's Kbro Media and Good Image Production. Um, I'm it may be also airing on PTS. I think it does air on PTS. That's yeah. right. So. I think um, uh, the other one that we were talking about was um, uh, a teenage psychic, Tongling Saonu. That was ah, a that's co-production right. between HBO and PTS. That's right. And that did really well services. as well. That did really well. It yeah. won uh, Golden Bell Awards for PTS. Oh, good for them. Yeah, for, for one of the best CV series awards for TV. So if you uh, check out the english.rti.org.tw website, that is our website here at RTI, you can see a nice picture of what is called, what we're calling, Kaohsiunghenge. Uh, essentially, it is uh, the southern city of Kaohsiung, their uh, version of Manhattanhenge, which is apparently <laughs> <laughs> is Manhattan's version of Stonehenge, <laughs> but with a sunshine. <laughs> okay. So essentially what happens is, is um, it's also called the Manhattan Solstice, uh, the setting sun or rising sun is aligned with the east-west streets of the main street grid of Manhattan in New York City. This happened uh, over the weekend on Saturday. Uh, sorry, no. Sunday. Sunday. Sunday around 5 o'clock. 5 p.m. Um, they blocked off one of the streets in Kaohsiung, which is kind of cool. And also, if you took a selfie with Kaohsiung Henge with the sunlight in your background, I guess, uh, the Tourism Bureau worked with um, some hotels to offer discounts and accommodation as well. So they made it into kind of a big thing where you could go down there, you could stand in the middle of the street, you could stay overnight uh, at a discount price and see the sun, sunrise and sunset. Um, now, it, obviously, these happen on different days in Taiwan than they happen, or in Gaussian than they happen uh, in Manhattan. But it's all based on when the sunshine, the sunlight, lines up with the streets. Uh, have either of you ever seen anything like this? Before? Only in pictures, not in real life. Same with so, me. That, it looks really nice. Apparently, it does happen in other cities where they have grid-like um, street designs. Uh, places include Baltimore, Chicago, Toronto, mm. Montreal, uh, and then uh, some other places, too. Uh, you can check out Manhattan Henge on uh, Wikipedia for more information. Thanks so much for joining us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan. I'm Natalie So. And I'm Jake Chen. Stay tuned for more on RTI. RTI, exercise for your mind. Welcome to Book of Odes. I'm Charlie Starrer. For the past two weeks on the show, I've been reading from the works of C.K. Hugo Jong, a Taiwanese poet who was my guest on Book of Odes at the end of October. Hugo is a Taiwanese poet who this year has published two works, the anthology Forms of Formosa, together with a group of other Taiwan-based poets, and most recently his first major work by himself, entitled Self-Righteous, an autobiographical collection of writings charting his growth as a poet from growing up in Taiwan, 
and also discussing his formative experiences living in New York City and travelling to other parts of the world. This week I'll read a few more poems taken from Self-Righteous, which is available to order from TWG Press. Parisian Habit Breathe in streams of nicotine, blow out lines of ghosts. My taste buds can't tell whether a burning of haze brings forth untarnished clarity or spellbound vertigo. White paper arch, light as a feather, holds vagrancies at bay until flame burns through and through, sets free everything. A break that chemicals-infused sensation relaxes tense muscles. A thought of tinged bitterness from urban moments. An image that solitude standing has its own independence. Within the universe, a wild thing is released, dancing, gyrating, only in the dark side of mind. And I long for love that a metropolis can only inspire, but not bestow. Amble around, waste in daydreams, smell funny, feel old, until untapped ash burns my fingers, scrapes off dud tissue, damaged by unhealthy thoughts. Addiction is a tyrant, dictating all unnamed needs. Loneliness stands stronger when stuck in strangers, and it feels kind of romantic. Between fingers lit by city of light, momentary drama paces, simmers, bears the consequence. Côte d'Azur Open the window. All I can hear is the Mediterranean. A lullaby to cradle my stillborn anxiety. Calming while observing the azure seam. Calming in one extending and limitless dream. Calming along with intricate rhyming. Calming without existential turbulences in eternity. Calming instead of alarming. Calming to feel present, not distracted by the splashing. Calming for individual solidarity. Calming with natural ebbing. Calming by a state of being not overwhelmed by gnarly feelings, calming as a decent human being. Till the day I can say, with compassion, confidence and conviction, that I don't need any external validation. May the mass blue stand solid as my sole truth.
A Tale of Broken States Gust acts up, cloud billows out. What's bare, with a few sparkles fainting and trying? Overpowered by man-made fleshes, leaders struggle to razzle-dazzle. Make us believe fake news never leaves. Jungle is cutthroat. Chaos has its own twirls. Churns out spells of remarkable assumptions. Go against the judgment for immigration. The malfunction of protection. The paralysis of communication. That a straight yet menacing monument can rule how we walk on the moon, offers an achievement of concrete delusion. Sunbeams, wind whispers in caution, seems intangible, filled with veracity, twittering up mini earthquakes. Confronted with the lust for resistance, the loneliness of righteousness, the Ides of March. Save urban cynicism of trolling aggression. Take a break. Sip an old-fashioned weather through such ignition. Conclude by A caveman once makes a space odyssey. Let an obelisk float again to witness humanity's fall and savage all. T.T. Gloriana, Gloriana, an era is about to end. On the last day of being forty, as I walked up to the hill of Shinbeitou to seek temporary refuge in heaven, nicknamed by no one but me, a hideaway veiled by mist of geothermal heat, hot spring, Sulphur-rich, abundantly stank my skin, exfoliating, nourishing, rebuilding, a witness of billowing thoughts, a gatekeeper of bellowing emotions, to unleash any crude tales of singular failure, maybe triumph, vaporing, into this solitary night of introspection. Stone slabs lain into various pools, filled with different levels of acidity, fueled at miscellaneous temperatures to cleanse any premature self-doubts, to foster spontaneous meditations on mystery of love. I have nothing on, Bare and raw, amble around an empty room with intangible smoke. A paradise-lost garden, furnished with modern luxury of nameless smiles. Bite into an apple, not forbidden, 
I desperately hope to march with confidence and compassion, defined by no one but me, before the first day of a new age. Convenerimus, convenerimus, heaven exudes sensibility for both reality and mentality. Thanks for listening to Book of Odes, where today I've been reading extracts from Self-Righteous, an autobiographical collection of poetry and writings by C.K. Hugo Jong. Self-Righteous is available to order from TWG Press. This is Radio Taiwan International. This is Status Update. Hello, and you've just tuned into Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Ventriest. Yes, it's that time of the week where we read your letters and also read your Facebook comments for us. We're always looking forward to doing that and just knowing what you have to say and think about our programs. But of course, we really want to know what you think about our new website too. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm we loving some, it. We have some feedback coming in. Some oh good, some good, some bad, um, and we are paying attention to what you're saying and taking it up with our web department to see what we can do. So please write us in and let us know what you think about that as well. Yeah, yeah, really. Well, let's uh, first uh, update our status here. Now, Shirley, yes. not, you haven't been looking good these past few days. Are you all right? Oh, <laughs> thanks for asking. No, yesterday I had a serious, serious headache and I was thinking like, what's wrong with me? I, I had to take Panadol twice. Oh, it's and I'm like talking a painkiller? Yeah, 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 painkiller. And they're extra strength, by the way. And I was going like, what is wrong with me? And then this morning, talking to you about my symptoms and how I was feeling distraught. And you were saying about how the air has been bad. Yeah, we've got the first of those winter blahs coming in. That's what I like to call them. Uh, (laughs) Sort of. Good word. Sometimes in the summertime. But uh, it basically, you couldn't even see Taipei 101. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I realized at, that on my way in. La- at the end of last week, normally when air pollution in Taiwan is very heavy in the southern part of the island, but uh, this time... We're like, getting it too. We're getting north. it too. And that does happen from time to time during the winter, So it's the, especially. So it's the winter blahs. Uh, but this one was pretty bad. And uh, I think everyone in the office is feeling like... My goodness, so that's what it was. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that uh, when the air clears up, we'll be all you know ready to go. Well, Light I hope so. Because I'm feeling a headache coming on again, but yeah. um, it's just that I kind of I was aware about the bad air. But I, when I was driving in this morning with my husband, I saw how Taipei One One was like covered over. It's a, but I just thought maybe because it's rainy, you know, and well, that was the rainy clouds. If you if you notice, it's it's been a bit better because it did rain a little bit. It's kind oh. of cleared out a little bit. Okay. There's been some wind, so that those doldrums, like the complete stillness that brought the, that let this air pollution sort of build up and linger it's sort of breaking up now there's some wind coming in and hopefully it'll 
be gone soon. Oh my goodness! You know, I've not had such severe headaches in a long while, and I was thinking, like, what's wrong with me?、Mm. So I should be wearing、um, facial masks, like what you're doing right now. <laughs> I, I know. I love. The, I, I love the fact that in Taiwan you can wear these fa- sort of surgical masks, and people don't without, give you weird looks without looking like a total. Because <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It just、yeah. it just makes sense to me. It's if you're not feeling well, it's a courtesy to others. And it's a good way of protecting yourself. Yes. And then when the air is bad, well, with this fine particulate matter, it's hard to filter out. And there are some masks that advertise that say that they can. And right. Maybe that's a bit bogus, but you know, know, it helps a little bit. Yeah, I mean, here in Taiwan, people wear masks as a preventative measure most of the time. It's good. I think that if you know, I wonder how many sick days each year we avoid because of that. How how good that is for the economy and so forth. Right. You know, days called out of work.、Oh. Uh, You know, visits to the doctor cut down. I don't know. Some somebody's probably done a study on it, but it just it seems like a good measure anyway. Right.、Uh, it's something other countries、uh, could oh. adopt. Oh my goodness! We did write about this on our website、uh, a few about a week ago.、Um, we do and we're doing some like photo essays, little little bits about photos instead of photos of the day, which we used to do.、Uh, we're doing little photo essays now, right? Which you can hear on the news as well, I believe. So part of our new format,、um, and we had one last week that showed, you know, Taipei one hundred one shouted in smog and said that、uh, the the government had some like coal fired power plants and that sort of thing. Oh, okay. Cut down, and then I think in the south there were some restrictions put on factory emissions to try and、uh, sort this out. A lot of it's a lack of wind. I think the winds picked up. I don't know. How long that will last? But、oh, we should、okay. have a little bit of relief, hopefully. Well,、soon. I really hope so. I really hope. We'll see so. what happens, so that my hair can clear up. All right. Well, in the meantime, we'd love to hear from you.、Um, you know, how's the air in your country? <laughs> and、um, you can always write us with anything that you want. Now, we're curious about your country and curious about you. So, write us. Besides writing us about, you know, what you hear on our programs, our address is PO Box One Two Three Dash One Nine Nine Taipei Taiwan. Our email is RTI at RTI dot org dot tw. And of course, you can also find us on Facebook. And we look forward to reading your comments there too. Yes, that's right. Okay, the first letter is coming to us from Henry Umadhe of Philippines.、Um, it says here, "Dear Arta English Service, a happy morning to you all. I'm listening to your broadcast now, zero three zero five UTC, in the frequency of one five three two zero kilohertz in English, from my location here, Bacolod City, here in Central Philippines. The simple rating is three four three three three. I guess it can be better." There was a top story, including an investigation report on airplane. No, I believe it was actually a train derailment, a train crash. Yes.、Um, then in here in Taiwan, hosted by John Shirley, that's me and Charlie, talking about East Coast sunlight. Well, that would have been the fact that、uh, Taiwanese people love、uh, watching the very first sunrise of the new year.、Mm, and the East Coast is along the Pacific. There is a popular place to do that. That is right. And then、um, it goes on to say, please verify by your Curacao card. With no problem, attach here is with an audio file as well. Okay, well, thank you so very much. And that was coming to us from Henry Umarhe of the Philippines. We have a letter here from South America. This one comes to us from Hector Frias Hofre, who's writing to us from Chile. And I always like getting. Uh, letters from places where our broadcasts aren't necessarily aimed. Yeah, the magic of shortwave.、Uh, this is a report on our November second broadcast between o three hundred and o three thirteen UTC on one five three two zero kilohertz. The simpo was predictably not good at all. Two five two 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 a five in there. That's surprising. Okay. It says very extreme noise, but listenable,、okay. which again. 
the miracles of the radio. The listening area was a beach area on the coastal edge of Valparaiso in Chile. It says, I hope this audio is correct and helps your technical department. It also would request a QSL card. And I think uh, this valuable information definitely merits one. So we'll be sending one your way. Thank you. That comes to us once again from Hector Frias Jofre of Chile. Okay, and this next letter comes to us from Bangalore, India. It's from Mr. Miralida M. Dear ma'am and sir, I listened to the great programs broadcast of Radio Taiwan International. I would like to report reception on shortwave service in English. He listened in on November 2nd from 1600 to 1700 UTC on frequency 6180. And simple rating was four across the board. Um, he used a Texan PL660. Uh, with an antenna saying GNANT60. Um, he listened to the news on that day, also here in Taiwan, why Taiwan is one of the best places in the world to be an atheist. That was an interesting uh, discussion. Teens and about their cell phones. And, uh, and on also on Taiwan Today, talked with a prominent Japanese-American artist about his work and recent exhibit at the Taipei 101. And also the last, uh, and also an episode from Live from Taipei with Charlie Stora. So um, if an opportunity comes up in 2019, I would be very glad to be considered an official reception monitor. Well, we'll bring it up with Paula, who is our English service coordinator. And um, we'll see about that. Well, thank you so much for your interest. And he said, best regards in 73. That was coming from Mr. Miraldida M. of Bangalore, India. We have a letter here also today for, about our website. This comes to us from Brian Newell in Logansport, Indiana, USA. It says, Dear RTI, I am learning how to find your programs on the new website format, and I will send a report later. You must have upgraded your sound equipment or microphones. Everything sounds more clear and distinct in your recordings. Our microphones are the same as always. I think <laughs> this may be something to do with the website. Yeah. Uh, specifically referring to it looks like here in Taiwan, which was broadcast on November 1st. And also the October 31st edition of Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. And it also says, kudos to your sound engineers. And it closes out. Best wishes, Brian Newell of Logansport, Indiana, USA. Well, the website is something uh, new on our end as well. We're getting the, I think we've got the hang of it by this point. Yes, uh, yes. There might be a few glitches if they work on, but um, be patient with us. <laughs> right. And continue to let us know what you think about it. Yes. Yeehaw! It's a Facebook roundup. Speaking of the new website, <laughs> mm. oh, our poor colleague Andrew Ryan has uh, bore the brunt of a lot of the work that's gone into this <laughs> oh, from, okay. on, on our, our English service end anyway, talking yes. with the people, holding meetings with the people. And he is just, he's just stressed out <laughs> from totally. everything. And I think our biggest draw for Facebook comments this week was a video of him taking out some of that frustration uh, before, I think, a recording of Here in Taiwan, was it? Yes, yes. Um, it was just only a few seconds long. Well, I think it sums up his life lately. <laughs> oh, he's he's done a lot. He's, for he's the taken new one for the team for sure. Uh, Jonathan Seidman, a former RTI member of the RTI, RTI family, says, Yay. "Good to see some things never change." Van Yumin says, "You guys are funny." MD Abdulmanan says, "Very nice." And a former intern here at RTI in our English service here, yes. uh, Claire Pong writes, "Well, it's in Chinese, but I'll translate it." It says. Uh, it's a broken Andrew, a broken Andrew, <laughs> a broken Andrew. And, well, we haven't broken him yet. He's he's a uh, with a new website up and running. Running, I think he's in a much better place right now. Yes, but it, yes, we're all pleased with. It's the, the new human website. element of here in Taiwan. <laughs> okay, it's, it's time, time for, for Taiwan, Taiwan Top Ten. Top 10. 
as our faithful listeners will know, there's an election coming up in Taiwan in just about another week or so, isn't it? A little mm, bit over a week. A little it? over a week, yeah. And uh, that means we're in election season. It's election fever time here in Taiwan once again. This month, we're taking a look at 10 unique things you can see during a Taiwanese election campaign. Number seven. All right. Last week, we finished off with, uh, you know, politicians, candidates standing on street corners and waving in the morning, going to night markets, making public appearances. Yeah, you know? giving handshakes to everyone. A lot mm -hmm. of people. All the, and that's the whole way down the ballot, too, from like, in this case, mayoral candidates uh, and, you know, all the way down to neighborhood heads mm. towards the bottom of the ballot, sort of like in the neighborhood head sort of area there. Or maybe maybe city councilors might do this, too. Some people will actually come, like, knock on your doors yes. and ask you what you need, what you think, what you want. And you have a, I think you have a friendly. story to share about yes, this, I do. actually. I do. Um, I used to live in a very old house, actually. It's a one-floor house. Actually, that's where my, my in-laws are living still. And uh, when it was, like, near election time, our neighborhood chief, and he's been the neighborhood chief for quite some years, I would say a few decades. They don't have term limits, do they? <laughs> no, think. no, in they in don't. They don't. Yeah. In a lot of places anyway. Yeah. And so he came knocking and he says, hi, you know, is there anything you need? And we were having, I don't want to say mice, we were really having rats in our place around that time. And I told him about it. And he says that, well, I'll come by and bring you some rat poison. And he sure did. Delivering so. promises kept. You can make a political ad out of that. Yeah. We went to Shirley's house when none other would. <laughs> and and actually, I think there was another time when um, they we, we said we would like a one of those um, sensor lights. You like know, a motion because, detector? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right outside our door, because it's kind of a, a, a street with not that many street lights. Uh, okay. So he actually installed one. Wow. But um, but the funny thing is, a month after it broke, <laughs> the never batteries heard, went out. They were, he was never heard from again. No. They never came back to... You're right. No yeah. follow-ups. No. Uh, I didn't even bother the, to tell him. Until the next election. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That, that's material for an ad campaign. I think the key to the story, though, is uh, first... A one story or first floor. If you're living in an apartment complex or like, you know, a high they, rise or like a fifth, yeah, you're not going to hear yeah, from No, them. no. It's I, mostly, I, I think it's more of a rural area thing too. So it's special to see that that happens in Taipei too. Just if you're living on the ground floor though, mostly. Right. Number six. Well, campaigns in Taiwan sort of have a uniform of sorts. What do candidates tend to wear? Not always, but often. Yeah. Most of these vests that they wear yeah there's a campaign are, vest and it's a very specific style of vest. it's very flashy yellow uh, well Most it depends of the time. on time well Most no no the no these no? days um it, there are they the have, colors now? they have distinctive colors yes so <laughs> i've seen pinks oh I've yeah seen okay. blues blues they tend to be sort of colors that stand out visually though bright yeah. colors and they're usually emblazoned with the candidate's name name uh party in affiliation yes. Yes. sometimes party insignia as well yeah and what they're running for in and uh not just them but uh their campaign people the people handing out tissue packets and ads and flyers and so forth uh canvassing for them will also wear the same vest that is right um what do you think about those vests um well they're i don't know um <laughs> As to be a, honest, I think they're kind of ugly. <laughs> I don't think you'll be seeing them on a catwalk anywhere uh, <laughs> soon. But it is, it, it's, a, it's an interesting uniform, and I think a lot... They sure you know, make you stand out. Yeah, that's true. You can look at, immediately at a person and say, they're oh. running for office or they're <laughs> campaigning for somebody. Right. So, and so depending on 
how you what your mood is, you can avoid them also. <laughs> <laughs> no signatures, please. <laughs> no. Oh gosh. So, oh so, well. Anything to let everybody know who he is. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. remember my name. My name's right here. And, and then the campaign photos and posters they appear in the same vest. Yes. So. All right. So vests. Vests. Uniform vests. Number five. Okay. This is also a time of year, or I guess every election cycle is a time when a certain symbol starts to appear a lot. And I know it's not, I don't think it's just for candidates either. It, it also appears around ads for ballot initiatives and yes. referendums. And it's sort of like a peace sign, except one of the sort of diagonal bits is missing. Uh-huh. Yeah. What, what does this sign mean, Shirley? What does it all mean? It's everywhere. Well, it actually kind of stands for the Chinese character for person. Ren. Ren. It's a stylized. Yeah. Stylized. In a circle. Yes, yes. It's in a circle. And what does it mean, though? What does it represent? Well, it means voting. Right. It means voting or I voted or just, you know, I, vote I, for me. Yeah, I agree. Or, about, well, yeah. It's just it's like our election sign. I mean, a lot of places have sort of a check mark, like a check mark in a, in a little box. We, we are much more creative than that, I guess. <laughs> I don't yes, know we why. we have a stamp. That, that's, that's, in Taiwan, that means voting instead. And uh, So I, I voted, and um, you know what happens is that actually these stamps are longish cylindrical stamps. They're like the kind the of seals yeah, used yeah. In, in, in place of a signature in some cases in Taiwan, like a chop, right, right? Right, But you know, it's a long one. It's almost as long as like a pencil. It's like a stamp. Yeah. It's got a big, and, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they have, uh, you know, one of those red um, ink pads. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of stamp on it and then you make sure that you um, stamp that that, that roundish um, yes mark on your... Bar. So that's the sign you actually use to mark your ballot, right? Yes. And you have what, to use what, that. You don't use pen. You don't write in. You because don't, otherwise, it becomes... Uh, there's no filling in of bo no. bubbles with pen. You take your stamp and you, you stamp it. Stamp it. <laughs> You've got to stamp it in the right place. Right. If you stamp it in the wrong place, it becomes a wasted, uh, a wasted a spoiled ballot. ballot. Yes. Yes. So I, that actually, I think gives voting a much more satisfying feel you're like and that's the way yeah i voted bam well you know the first satisfying time, thud yeah the first time i voted when i just came back from taiwan i stamped in the wrong place Ooh. yeah later i realized so i was like oops i'm new <laughs> at this i'm definitely new at this you know so but um that's got to be hard for people you know taiwanese who are like multiple they have multiple nationalities and they come back to vote and maybe they're used to a, like an electronic system but i know none uh, of that here still stamps give your verdict <laughs> <laughs> think about all that ballot counting afterwards and all those oh. all those voting signs because that's what the stamp has it's carved yes. with that symbol right so. right now isn't that sounding interesting about the way we do elections here in taiwan mm. well join us next week because there's more but in the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us letters, what you think about our new website, what you think about our programs, what you think about Taiwan or us. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, write us. Our address is noted down, P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And once again, you can always reach us on Facebook. We look forward to reading your comments there. Until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for staying here with us today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan back once again in the studio with Natalie So and Jake Chen. And we're going to leave you today 
with a fascinating, with one fascinating more thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Natalie, you have a, an interesting story there about how some people in Taiwan are very lucky when it comes to their body. Helping them stay thin. That's right. There's a study by the Taiwan Epidemiology Association recently, and、uh, they found that half the population in Taiwan have a special gene that helps them control their weight. Wow! And it allows them to indulge in the pleasure of eating and not gain as much weight as other people do. Isn't this unfair? I see question <laughs> marks all over J- Jake's face. <laughs> I, this brings me back to my very first trip to Taiwan with my wife, and the first thing we noticed within hours was like, you know, like we're Asians too, but I mean, people in Taiwan, in Taipei at least in general, are all so thin. We noticed that within the first two hours. I always thought it was diet related, but、yeah. but I, maybe I not. So too so definitely、um, at least half the people that have this gene called DOK five,、hmm. and basically <laughs> that was a knowing. Is that exciting? <laughs> oh yes, yes. Yeah, so we have all heard of that. That's right? fa-、no. my favorite segment on the DNA. Double helix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. going to add that to my list of favorites. <laughs> so what it does, it affects the sensitivity of insulin. Insulin is a key. Factor in how much、um, uh, fat we burn and how much fat we keep on our systems. Oh, really? So it regulates the metabolism of carbohydrates and fats. So DOK five tends to increase the amount of glycogen stored in the muscles and liver, and it helps a human body burn fat.、Wow. So basically,、um, for these people, there's a forty percent less chance of、uh, gaining more body mass index、uh, compared to international norms. Wow, well, that's pretty significant. So, where do we get our hands on this DKO four or whatever it is? Oh, so maybe <laughs> you should you marry a Taiwanese, and your kids will have it. Oh, <laughs>、uh, hmm. So,、uh, no, so no, nothing for me then. Nothing.、Uh, for, I don't. I don't know if any of us fall in that category. I don't、either. think I do. <laughs> But、um, well, just for our information, you know what really helps us gain weight. You know, it's really yeah, gain weight. It's gain actually weight. refined sugar. Oh, refined sugar! <laughs> so refined sugar basically、um, gets quickly stored or turned into fat really quickly. Okay. Yeah,、uh-huh. yeah because so. So you're saying that sprinkle of、um, sugar on my Wheaties is bad? Yeah, and things like、um, bread and pasta, pastries,、oh. desserts, and cereals and chips. All the、These、good are, stuff. Oh yeah, they actually make us fat easier than、uh-huh. other,、um, even you know other like high fiber or protein. So、maybe. a bowl of rice is probably better for you than like a loaf of bread. Well, duh. Not necessarily <laughs> though. So it's not like just the calories, but it's what you're eating. Okay. So if it's refined sugar and carbs, you're gonna get fat faster. Okay.、Right. So that's just something to keep in mind if you don't want the weight gain, if you don't have that natural gene that. So many Taiwanese have. Yeah, and it's not about calorie ca- counting either, right? It's not right? about calorie counting. It's about what you eat, actually. Yeah, yeah. And see that whatever gene they have is definitely working because you notice how late and how much Taiwanese people in general tend to eat at a very late hour. That is probably the most unhealthy way to to eat, but most of them are still pretty thin, you know. Yeah, you notice like at like midnight, there are a lot of people out there eating、oh, yeah. like deep fried foods on the street. You know, noodles. Yeah, noodles. Rice with rice pork with, lard on it. Yeah, <laughs> and there are still you know 
And they don't look too bad. I mean, everybody's doing pretty good. Yeah. Slim. Well, okay. So note to uh, self, if you don't have the, what is it? DKO4? <laughs> DOK5. I'm going to rub research in. You see, that's my problem. Can you keep the numbers straight? No wonder I've got problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us for all of our programs here today at Radio Taiwan International. You can also... Find out more information on our brand new website at english.rti.org.tw. You can listen to all of our shows, see some pretty pictures, see our uh, news stories, announcements for all of our programs. Uh, so do check out our website. We'd love to hear from you. On behalf of the English Service, I'm Andrew Ryan, wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.